This is Friends and Benefits, a podcast hosted by Reward Strategy, and you may have guessed it, they're Friends and Benefits. Stay tuned to find out what's hot, what's not, and what's happening in the world of pay and reward. Hi everyone, it's Jade Burke, the Deputy Editor of Reward Strategy, hosting our next installment of the Friends in Benefits podcast, which also marks my first one since joining Reward Strategy a few months ago. And joining me today is Wendy Drinkwater, the Head of People Payments for Talent and Payroll at ITV. Now, the television network, I'm sure, is familiar to all of you listening today. Well known, of course, for its range of shows, from dramas such as Downton Abbey to entertainment programs like The Masked Singer. And for me personally, I've been overindulging in Love Island over the past few weeks. But it's great to have you here, Wendy, with us today. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. And thank you for asking me. No problem at all. You're very welcome. I'm thrilled to obviously do this one with you today. And obviously, I know I just mentioned ITV's shows um, and what it's famous for. Do do you have a favourite at all? Love Island. (laughs) It's the law. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then um, just moving on to your career to date, Wendy, how did you come to work in Pay and Talent? Well, like everybody else who's been in payroll for a while, they'll tell you that they fell into it. And it it was no different for me, really. I um, was born and grew up in Leicester and I remember um, finishing college and going to the local careers office and looking at the jobs on the board that there were and I saw um, this one for a HR assistant. Back then it was called personnel, personnel assistant and it involved some payroll work and I applied applied for that and uh, and I got it didn't really know what it was actually um at the time but um yeah it turned out turned out okay um so I've been in payroll sort of ever since and dabbled in HR as well and in various companies um talent on the other hand I've only been uh, responsible for for the last sort of eight months took it over in January um it's um it's a department within the business service center at ITV as is payroll and um they needed somebody new to to look after it so they decided to join talent and payroll and call it Head, um, people payments. So I am officially the head of PP. Right. <laughs> yeah, I guess they they cross over quite nicely, don't they? In terms of how they work together in in the um in the employment side of things. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you might have a question on that later, which I'll go into more detail because they they are they're all about paying people, but they do it in different ways. Definitely. And then I know you touched on this briefly there, but I guess what about specifically finding yourself at ITV? You know, how did you come to work at a broadcaster? Right. Um, So after I left Manchester United, um, which was in 2013, the same day that Sir Alex Ferguson left, because obviously he'd heard I was leaving head of payroll, so he thought he couldn't stay there any longer. (laughs) So he decided to retire after 20 plus years. (laughs) And um, I thought, uh, gosh, what, what was I? I think I was about 49 then. And I thought, what do I want to do now? I'm going to try something a bit different. So I thought I'm going to dabble in consultancy. So I thought, if I don't know anything by now, then I think, you know, then I'm in trouble. Um, and I lasted nine months. It didn't really work for me. It, it's obviously rewarding financially. However, when you're a consultant, you're going to various different companies. 
um less so if it's a project you're going in to do so as say an implementation but if you're going in to say manage a team and change the team around put some processes in and controls and whatever it's different with consultancy you you go in at nine you finish at five and you don't think about it again till the next morning you know you don't really get embedded into the culture or the team that you're working with and that kind of thing and it turns out that's not me you know if I go in and I'm managing a team they're my team they're my people and um, it's just not the way really consultancy is meant to work as far as I could tell anyway so um, I was just walking into an assignment that I'd got in Doncaster and um, so it was a bit of a way to travel from where I was but it was quite a nice nice journey and I got a call from um, the lovely Patrick from portfolio payroll who said Wendy I, uh, I've got a job uh, that you might be interested in. I said Patrick please don't tell me anything about it because I've signed up for this one I'm committed and you know I don't want to let them down but I need to tell you about this one Wendy so he said I know you like big brands I know you like int- interesting industries no Patrick don't tell me it's ITV ITV oh my god it's ITV it's the telly it's interesting it's Media City which is a fantastic place to work so yeah it went on from there (laughs) so that's how I landed at ITV yeah seven years ago oh brilliant brilliant and I guess I mean looking over sort of your LinkedIn and things like that you've you've kind of worked in a few different sectors you know you mentioned football there um bookmakers obviously now ITV a broadcaster I wanted to just get your thoughts on, I guess, what it's like working in each of those sectors. You know, what what makes it different for you? Okay, I think, I I mean, like I've just said, I like big brands. I started off at ICI, which back in the 80s was was huge. It was an honour to get into ICI. I've worked at WH Smith, which was huge retail uh, and distribution. It was about magazines, books, newspapers. It's all very, very interesting. Um Betfred was great because it was another different industry, but it was almost it was around leisure, if you can call it leisure. So betting and all the odds and horse racing and football and like, well, how does all that work? Um, Manchester United obviously speaks for itself. It's a massive brand. I'm not a fan. I'm a Leeds United fan. I need to make that clear, but still took me on. Um, um, it's very, very interesting. And of course, now ITV it's different again so I think I think the key for me with everywhere I've been is because they have been different to what I would call the norm you can sit in a payroll office and you do you know it doesn't matter whether you you work for a bait bean factory you know uh, airplane uh, manufacturers whatever um you don't really need to know what's going on outside of there with what's coming through payroll. Well, you never used to, but I've always been somebody who has got to have a passion for, for, for the product or the service, find it interesting. And, um, and I do like it to have a big, a big brand because usually with that, you get the governance and um, all the good stuff that goes with a big brand name. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's quite, a, I think, an important thing, I think, isn't it, when you're in that sort of business and you want that sort of input, definitely. Yeah. And I think something that most people probably really want to know is what your typical day is like. I know everyone sort of wants to be a fly on the wall and see what people are up to. Um, so that'd be great to find out. And then also, I guess, has it changed much for you since the height of the pandemic last year? Um, right. OK, firstly, so my day, I'm not a morning person. 
not unashamedly not a morning person but I'll work um until midnight every night if I have to um so my day starts usually around half nine or ten uh, with meetings with my two teams separately uh at the moment but mostly um I mean, I look the night before what I've got on. I look on a Sunday what the week's going to look like and, and the following week kind of thing. I look the night before what I've got on the day after. And depending on who I'm going to be talking to will depend on whether I put some lipstick on and brush my hair or not. Um, so usually not for my team. What they see is what they get. Um, and, but mostly it's meeting after meeting after meeting. Um and not enough doing time but I think anybody at a certain level struggles with that um so uh what I tend to do through my days attend my meetings get some work done if I can often forget to to have lunch and that kind of thing but I think most people do that now we're working from home um I'll stop about six o'clock talk to the husband talk to my little babbit um have some tea and uh, then i'll switch back on while he's watching some form of zombie or war film that's far too loud and then i'll do my doing um so yeah it's uh, it's it's a very 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 busy day and in terms of how it's changed since the pandemic um well that was just mad that was mad time last year with with furlough um and you know i think it was great for unfortunately but it was great for um for payroll teams and hr teams um because it, it showed our true worth um and now yeah we're out of it we stopped following towards the end of um the year last year so we're pretty much back to normal now we didn't do anything else on our roadmap last year so now we're revisiting refreshing um the roadmap and uh, you know based on where we are now so uh we're, we're pretty much back to normal but of course we're now working from home which um i'll admit i was totally against um sort of two years ago you either you know are for it or you you're not but i'm pretty old school and it's basically basically because i didn't trust myself i spend most of my day sort of between my desk and the fridge and going outside if the sun was shining so and that's why I end up doing the hours that I do but it suits it suits me and I feel that well everybody's going to be working like that and how are we going to be productive um because I, I only know myself that I am but uh, do you know what it's turned out really really well why didn't we do it sooner um and yeah we, we are actually going back into the offices towards the end of September so we've had to work out how that's going to work um so we are going to meet up um uh, at least once a week as a team but then the rest of the time it's going to be a choice but mainly working working from home unless we're on a project or something so yeah I'm looking forward to right. seeing the team back in the office and, and the new team as well yeah talent yeah for, sh- for sure I bet there's probably a few people maybe you haven't met then correct like face to face for a little while yeah 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 for sure so that'll be quite exciting yeah it is it's nice because they're friends as well they're colleagues uh, yeah and then they're reporting to me but yeah. they're friends as well and uh, we miss the banter yeah definitely and there's it's one of those things I guess that quite a few I guess HR teams and and just employers in general have kind of been battling with that sort of maintaining that culture and things that you don't get when you're not face to face so it's it's a bit of a tricky one yeah it is because you miss like walking down the corridor 
chatting to someone from another department oh by the way did you get my email that and when you're making a coffee or whatever but um we've we've got it to work to work really really well and based on what i'm reading on linkedin and i'm i'm on there most of the time it's you know it seems to be doing really well for most people and particularly so in 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 the industry payroll industry yeah definitely there seems to be that sort of consensus for sure um and then just moving on i guess we we might have touched on this briefly but i wanted to get just to drill down into this a little bit more wendy um but obviously your your job role kind of describes you as within the talent and payroll team so how do they both sort of cross over at the moment only through me as heading it really but so payroll is we've got a team of, of 10 in payroll and we obviously pay employees and freelancers okay there's about Fixed, just over six thousand that we pay across a few different payrolls. Um, obviously, subject to almost one hundred and fifty different pieces of legislation, um, and we all know how how payroll works and reward strategy. Uh, audience, um, talent, talent is different, but it is still paying people, individuals. Hence, head of people payments. Talent um, doesn't have a payroll. Um, we don't take UK tax, um, uh, you know, or anything like that. There's no legislation in place as such um, as, as payroll has to has to deal with. However, the complexities of talent. So this is these are front of camera um, people, i.e. the talent. Um, the complexities around them is their is their contracting basically because they're all different so the primary contract so the the payments they get for being in front of camera doing their acting the presenting or whatever all the contracts are different then on top of that you've got royalties and you've got any prizes from any competitions that we've had um so so it's different it, it's a pay our system is called talent pay itv built it with the help of a third party so it's quite unique um and uh basically it's about getting the information from contracts from the business side into talent pay and we we process it i've made it sound very simple there it isn't as simple as that i've got a very very um excellent knowledgeable team who've been doing it a long time so they understand the contracts and when something looks right when something doesn't look right when to trigger the payments so on and so forth so I am working on bringing them together as one team I don't want them to be referred to as talent and as payroll I want it to be people payments um, I've only been doing it eight months so I've been learning the ropes myself really but that's the way I want to go both teams know that and they're looking forward to it so we can sort of be consistent in our approach to certain processes where they do kind of cross over and where I can cross train as well um, so they can you know work do we do each other's jobs if you like so yeah, I'm looking forward to that definitely it sounds quite exciting I suppose it'll be quite great in terms of upskilling different teams so um that sounds very interesting for sure yeah there's something something different for them so it's you know it's a change for them yeah good development yeah definitely definitely and I suppose after the last year and a bit they might be craving something a little bit different to do so that sounds exciting yeah I think so Yeah. yeah And um, I know you've mentioned when you've been at ITV for quite some time now. So I just wanted to hear, I guess, how ITV has evolved as a company during your tenure. Yeah, sure. So um, I joined uh, 
2014, seven years ago, and um, the boss, the big boss at the time, was Adam Crozier, um, who's who's renowned for his work in sort of turning companies around. Um, he had a five-year plan in place, and I think I joined probably as he was starting the the fourth year of that five-year plan. Um, brilliant company to work for at that time. Um, fantastic collaborative culture uh no blame goes on in itv we all work together and of course it's an in, in interesting industry as well um adam left after that five years and of course we've had dame carolyn mccall come in so i think she's been with us a couple of years now um so we were all probably a bit nervous because it's change and and it was such a fantastic place to work and it's like What's she going to do? Um, what's it going to look like in another year kind of thing? But, you know, she's she's been equally as brilliant, probably if not if not better. Um, but like, no disrespect to Adam, but I, I didn't know what it was like before. I only know when it when I joined, it was great. But um, Carolyn gets it. Um, she leads from the top. It filters down. It's not changed. It's got better. It's still fabulous to work for. It's still a great culture. Um, and we're all really pleased with that. So, uh, yeah, we're also she's also really, really pushed diversity in um, in ITV. And I think I think recently I read somewhere very, very quickly that we've just won an award um, in one of those categories for, for being best in media around diverse we're very very it's always been quite diverse but um that's that's media in itself but but it's a really really um widely diverse company to work for and I think that's what makes it great I really do definitely and I suppose all the you know the different programs that you have that that really drills into that as well doesn't it in terms of what you're showcasing on ITV so yeah oh yeah it's fantastic that it's obviously ingrained into the on and off screen yeah Yeah, definitely definitely yeah absolutely yeah brilliant so before we find out what Wendy's thoughts are on attracting younger workers into the payroll profession we have a quick ad break so we'll be back with you very shortly Hi there, it's Ben Miller, Commercial Director of Reward Strategy. I just wanted to remind you that we're returning to in-person face-to-face events this winter. On December the 7th in London, we'll be hosting the Reward and Payroll Summit, covering a whole host of topics from responsible rewards, whether basic benefits should be considered as perks, to location-based pay, sick pay policies, IR35 and much, much more. With speakers from Mulberry, Coty, DHL, to name but a few. During the evening of the summit, we will also host the rewards, recognising the key workers who have kept the nation fed and watered during the pandemic and always. Finally, we can dust off those dancing shoes and celebrate in style. So, if you're yet to book the events and get involved in any way, shape or form, connect with me on LinkedIn, check out the Reward Strategy website or look at my email on this podcast. And with that, I'll let you get back to listening. Okay, we're back now from that very quick break. And as I mentioned, Wendy, it'd be fantastic to hear your thoughts on attracting younger talent into the payroll profession. So do you think younger people disregard payroll as a profession to explore? And I guess if if you do think that, how can employers really attract them and entice them into this profession? I think a big, big clue in in this regard is that a lot of us say we fell into payroll um so I've said it myself yeah. um and that means 
people aren't going, leaving school or college going, I want to have a career in payroll. Um, I don't know why that is, because it's a great career. Um, and um, it depends whether you work in a small company where you do payroll, purchase ledger, credit control and a lot, or you work in a larger company. Um, that's personal choice. But um, COVID, like I said previously, um, it's dreadful, obviously, but it did payroll the world of good in terms of raising our profile about what we're about. Um, and has that got to the younger generation? Uh, do they appreciate what, what went on and what, what we had to do through Furnal stuff? I'm not sure. So how, how do we, we attract them? Um, a lot of the things that I do is um, I do go into schools when we get um, schools and colleges when we get um, the opportunity. Uh, you know, we take our Love Island uh, pictures and signs behind us and we always draw that draws us in. It's a bit naughty, really. But if I just put payroll ITV, they probably probably wouldn't come. Um, so I think it's about. I think it's about getting out there. Look, you can have a career in payroll. You can have a long career um, and a very satisfying career. I don't think people understand or your youngsters understand just where, where you can go and what you can learn in payroll. I mean, it's not as though you can just come in and the, you, you, you come in and you there's an assistant role and then the, then there's supervisor, then there's manager and that's it kind of thing. But I want to go more than that. I want to be a head of, I want to be a director. You know, you can come into payroll as an apprentice, a junior, and an assistant, an administrator, a team leader, a supervisor, a specialist, a manager, a head of. You know, any of those things, that's a big chain, that is. So there's a lot of, of opportunities there, depending on what type of and size of organisation you, you want to join. So I... It's a difficult one. Um, I mean, accounting, when I, when I was thinking about this this morning, I'm thinking accounting, it's out there, it's well known, it's it's classed as a profession, because there are qualifications. But payroll has qualifications now, you know, you can't really get a job in payroll unless you've got CIPP, um, you know, on your CV, or you've got a wealth of experience. Um, and, and I, I just think, you know, people like yourself, reward, you know, reward strategy and the CIPP and all that good stuff. I think you, you're helping the industry. But I think we as employers could probably be doing a bit more to promote it um, and just get it off the ground. Because I think it would find its legs if we could just do that. How we do it, I'm not totally sure. But at the moment, that's that's what I do. Um, and I do try and take youngsters on if there is an opportunity at, at the at the apprenticeship apprenticeship level. Um, I mean, all we we do run the apprenticeship schemes at ITV, and all all of my apprentices, and I think I've had four over my seven years, they all either stay with me in payroll or they've got another job within ITV. Um, so it's been quite successful. So once they were in it, they enjoyed it. So it's getting them in, isn't it? You're right. It's a good question. That's it. Yeah, I mean, well, that's that's really good to know. At least you can see that people are enjoying it. And when, they, you know, when they are taking on those sorts of roles, they, they do enjoy it and want to continue with it, you know, as such through apprenticeship schemes. So that's fantastic. That obviously, ITV offers those things to actually draw them in. 
And um, I had a little look through ITV's benefits um, on its company site, and I saw that the business offers payroll giving. So I wondered if you could just tell me a bit about that, why it was introduced, and I guess what the response has been like from employees such as yourself. Okay, so payroll giving has been around a long, a long time. Um, so it was already in at ITV um, when I came. It was in at Man United. Um it's been, it's been in uh, most companies and it's a fabulous way for employees to easily um, give to, to a charity of their choice. And the choice is these days is huge. Um, um, we use uh, CAF, which is the charities, it's charities aid, uh, something or other. I'm sorry, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, it's CAF is a foundation, Charity Aid Foundation, that's the one. Um, so they so they um, manage it for us. The uptake in a lot of companies, or the companies that I've been in, has not been great. Um, it, could be, it could be better, but for the people that do want to give, the option is there for them. What we, we do um, at ITV and we have done at previous companies is that we've relaunched. You know, we've got the CAF to come in and uh, Helping Hands is another one. They come in and they'll sit in the in the, the restaurant at lunchtime so we'll grab people and we'll, we'll do flyers for them and send out emails and things. So, I mean, I'm in it. I help an animal charity where I got my, my, my lovely babbit from. Um uh so there it's there it's there as a benefit to the charity but also to facilitate an easy way of of employees paying paying towards it and there's tax relief as well obviously if they don't pass that on to the charity yeah oh brilliant that sounds fantastic so did you say you got your your rabbit from a charity yeah i got it from a local charity in in glossop where i live he's called babbit um he's seven years old yeah, he's uh, he's very very cheeky boy. Um, so I give I give to that. Lovely. Um, and then one thing I wanted to get your thoughts on, Wendy. I don't know if you saw recently the news about the I think it was 191 employers were named and shamed over minimum wage breaches. Um, mm. obviously minimum wage is, is such a massive topic at the moment in terms of you know what what employees should be paid and what they're worth. So I wanted to get your thoughts on on that and I guess what advice you would offer businesses to ensure that they're you know keeping track of the minimum wage making sure that they're upholding the law and you know actually paying what their their staff are owed um I think for any business and and within a payroll department working alongside HR obviously for national minimum wage purposes um because they kind of initiate it we process it but we work together on this but for any for any business you'd hope that in HR and payroll you've got good data excellent customer service robust controls and you're compliant it's as straightforward as that we have nearly 150 pieces of legislation they're there for a reason national minimum wage is there for a very good reason and I sometimes think people can forget that this is about people people uh you know at the the lower end um of the, the earning scale um so it's important this is a really important one now how do you how do you how do you make sure you are compliant well you need to make sure that you understand the legislation so you've got to keep up to date on that 
um, I mean, reward strategy is fantastic for that. Um, but anything, you know, the, the HMRC bulletins, all those kind of things that, that come out. Um, but you've also got to have, hopefully, it, um, if you're in a company that, that, that can provide the tools to help you manage this, you, you, you've got to have a system that can, can manage it and give you reports from it that, that can help you. Um, but as in terms of name, naming and shaming, I'm not really into that, to be honest, because you don't really know the reasons behind. And I, I'm not sure the HMRC take out those that where there were genuine errors. I, I, I don't know. I would hope that they did if they do. And these are people, um, organisations who have deliberately, knowingly um, not been compliant, then. I'm not too worried about them being named and shamed, but um, at the end of the day, uh, a fine, you know, where, where do you, it's applicable. It's all, it's all about, it, I mean, my advice and I've been, you know, I've worked with, with HMRC um, and various different uh, legislative bodies for 40 years now. You've got to be honest. So if you find that you've not been compliant, you need to talk to them. Yeah. You need to find out how long you've been doing it wrong, what sort of costs are, go and tell them because they'll be a lot more sympathetic towards you, likely lenient when it does come to how you put this right and the way going forward. Um, but the best thing is, is keep on top of legislation changes. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's, that's a really like clear answer and I think that makes it quite straightforward when you when you put it like that, doesn't it? And um, I know we're kind of circling back to the pandemic a little bit here, but as as someone in payroll, I wanted to just get your thoughts on um, key workers. Obviously, payroll professionals were considered key workers during that time. And I just wanted to see how that had impacted you, if it did at all. Okay, well, payroll's always been a key key working department. We're, we're a business critical function. So we've always thought we were quite key. Um <clears throat> Yeah, but yeah, it was it was it was good to be named uh, in in that list. Um, but one thing it got me into Tesco when the crowds weren't there and the doctors, which which was great. But um, being uh, a key worker is right because particularly for well, not just getting people paid, but for managing that furlough scheme, we needed to be fit and well and be able to get into work and and do what we needed to do. Um, and I, I personally think the way the government and HMRC managed that scheme was was overall fantastic. I really do. It hit us all really quickly. Um, the guidance um, and the rules, uh, it changed daily. And it was a little bit ambiguous to start off with. So, but they were they were doing it as they were going along as well, uh, to a certain extent. But I um I thought I thought it was it was great what they did, and it, it gave us um a base on which to work. Once we understood it, and then understood any changes or whatever, we worked with our with our compliance officer, um, our customer customer relations manager, sorry, at HMRC, um very very helpful we 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 worked out what we were doing and, and fortunately we did it we did it right um i don't know what else, what else i can can say to that really i mean it's you know it's a privilege to to be classed as a key worker but it, it's it's not really new to us we know that we needed but there again you know 
if we didn't make film, TV, whatever, or somebody didn't feed us at lunchtime, whatever, you know, wouldn't yeah. need us to pay them. But, <laughs> but no, I think that's, that's very true, though, like in terms of key workers, you know, they're essential to a business. So, you know, it's 100% true. Yeah. And um, do you think, I guess, from following from that, um, in terms of, I guess, the anxiety perhaps over money and things like that throughout the pandemic, now we're sort of towards the end of it, we're, there's a light at the end of the tunnel now. Um, do you think, though, employees' awareness for saving has, has actually increased for their future as a result? I'd really hope so. I mean, because, you know, you, you can't ignore or fail to have seen the businesses that have collapsed, self-employed businesses as well um people being made redundant because furlough lasted a, a, a good while and that was great um but not all employees i think took part in it um and not everyone had a job at the end of it and all all companies are having to sort of look at their operating model um coming out of the the pan- pandemic um so i would certainly hope so um uh yeah there's not a lot I can say to that, but um, yeah, it's a wake up call, isn't it? Particularly if you found yourself in that position. Yeah, I think you're. That's really true. And I suppose if you were a bit, you didn't focus so much on savings before. I think it's definitely highlighted the importance of that. You know, just in case, you just you need to have a little bit of a security blanket in a way, don't you? Just for for anything like this that could potentially happen. Yeah, savings and pension. Yeah, depending on your that's age. It. Yeah. yeah, definitely. <laughs> And then just before we wrap up this episode, Wendy, I wanted to ask you what you'd be doing if you wasn't in the payroll profession. Um, Well, when I was doing my A-levels, I did them specifically because I wanted to be an officer in the Navy. Um, But back then, uh, I didn't realise that uh, females didn't go to sea. Oh, how the world has changed, hey? Um, So so that went out the window. Um, um, What would I be doing now? Um, I think knowing what I know now, um, I would be happy to to still continue in in payroll, and uh, but ideally, I'd like to be running an animal sanctuary. I, I think I think I would really really like to do that. Um, yeah, I'd be happy. Keep me fit as well. And I I love animals so. That's what I'd be doing. Can I can I just add one more thing to your question on on savings? Um, yeah, of course. Just the just the the different benefits that, that a lot of companies do do offer because we've just introduced something quite quite new actually. So some companies offer save as you earn, which which is obviously the the uh, opportunity to purchase shares at a, in the company at a discounted price through a three excuse me or five year savings scheme. Um, so you you save money on a monthly basis straight out of your your salary, and at the end of the the three or five year period, you can use that money to purchase the shares at a discounted rate. Now, if the price of the shares has gone up, then it's great. If it hasn't, you can hold on to them, see if it gets see if it does move, or you, or if you need the money, you can just take the money back that, that you've saved. So it's a great way of saving a savers you earn scheme. But we've just introduced something called um jars and I don't know whether you've heard of that. Um it's possibly been going round for a while. Uh, it's a company called Salary Finance uh run it. 
And basically, it's it works with the Yorkshire Bank and uh, Yorkshire Building Society. I think it's a building society. I think, um, but they you you set a limit each month of what you you want to save. Uh, no, sorry, you set a period that you're going to save, and you set a limit of what you want to save. Okay, so if you set that limit at five hundred pounds, um, it's about short term saving for short term needs. And if um, if you reach that limit. OK, that £100, say, that you've been saving each month goes into your pension automatically. So you're still saving, but you've still got your £500 there. And it's and it's it's a really, really good initiative. And so we've just gone live with that and we've had decent take up. So, uh, yeah, I expect that to grow as well. So, right. So it's just on the back of the savings one. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. No, no, that's that's brilliant. So I guess that's that's quite a nice way to encourage people to actually, you know, save for their pension pot, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is because it defaults into it after you've reached your five hundred. Yeah, yeah. it's accessible at any time yeah. as well. That's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully then, well, like you say, the uptake has been in promising. So hopefully that continues and and people actually use that and and you know yeah. use it for their own benefit. Yeah. Brilliant. So that's all about we have time for there, Wendy. So I just want to say thank you so much for joining me on this latest episode. And we'll be back with another Friends in Benefits very soon. In the meantime, just to keep an eye out for the latest issue of Raw Strategy, which will be landing mid-September on desks, which will also focus on the world of payroll. So thank you all for listening. 